gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's time for the final countdown. The show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Let's rock. Well, well, well. Guess who's back? Back again. I know, I know, I know. It's been a little while, and I'm sorry, and I apologize. Things have gotten crazy. Things have gotten hectic. Calving season happened. You know how that stuff goes. Things get put on the back burner. Unfortunately, it was the podcast, and it had to be put on the back burner for a short second. But let me tell you what. I'm back. My fire is lit. I hope you guys are excited. The couple I have on this episode sends chills down my spine. I want to break down this couple for you. This dynamic duo, one part of them is a six-time world champion, whip-cracking, trick-roping, gun-slinging son of a gun. The lady to his side, well, she's one of the best trick riders going up and down the highway, gracing the arena right now. You put this couple together, only great things happen. They are the reigning PRCA Dress Act of the Year, along with, they've been to the PRCA Ram Circuit National Finals, along with the eight-time Cheyenne Frontier Days performer. As well, you've seen him at the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, and most lately, you've probably seen him on TBS's show called Go Big. Ladies and gentlemen, are you pumped up? Are you excited? I hope you're super, super excited. Because in just a few short seconds, we're going to meet this couple. Get it on your mind. It's go time. Yeah, that's right. Change the music a little bit. I like that. Here we go. Hey, it's time to introduce this episode's Beyond the Paint podcast. Say hello to Ryder Kisner. And Bethany Owls. Ryder, Bethany, hello, hello. Hey. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great. Good, good, good. Get ready for more rodeos. <laughs> yes, thank goodness. 2020 is to the wayside, and hopefully we're back to at least somewhat kind of normality. That's the hope. Yeah, we. I, I can't gripe too much about 2020. We we had some rodeos and um, we we were allowed to stay home and practice and uh, you know we used that time. It was kind of nice to have a, a little bit of a break there for a little bit. But man, I'm excited to get back at it. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, let's 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 just go straight into that. You know, you talked about 2020 being uh, it, it was kind of a crazy year. It was a year of uncertainty, uh, but. You, you, you said something right there that I really, really enjoyed right away, and you said that you got to practice at home. Talk to me and talk to the listeners and walk us through, uh, on both of y'all, how you guys practice at home uh, because, you know, obviously people 
think that they can just go straight from the stands to straight to the arena and do what you guys do, which is not true at all. I mean, the amount of hours that you guys put in is absolutely crazy. So talk about how you guys practice or what you guys go about using and doing for practice. Uh, uh, go ahead. Man, uh, a lot of it is just, you know, the hours and, you know, practicing. Um, you know, when I grew up, I still grew up on VHS tapes, like watching the best tricky fancy rope in and the rope and pool with uh, Will Rogers. And, you know, so I had to rewind it. And now we got YouTube and I can slow-mo it. And so, you know, I, I watch a lot of, like, Tomas Graziolazzo, Vince Bruce, um, and then at Whip Crackers, like Adam Windrich. And, you know, I just try to study, you know, how to do it better and and get better. I mean, I, I, I'm not where I want to be. Um, and I, I want to stay working at it. And so, you know, as far as the trick rope and that goes, it's a lot of, just practice and um, just studying. And then, you know, the truck and, you know, I added pyro to it and new lights and, you know, that adding a stage or a prop like that, I always like really, really big, cool props. Um, I, I didn't see my old act. I didn't have much. And now I try to add a lot to it. And, you know, like it gives them a crack. And one thing I really like about him is that his props are always, like, top-notch, you know? Like, when I've seen him with that ambulance and stuff, like, it's always polished, always looks good. And I I think that was something I really tried. And there's others that really do a great job at that. But, you know, working on the props and uh, making sure they're working, looking good, and uh, the clowning, that's been the biggest challenge, you know, just studying jokes. I'm not naturally funny, so working on that and uh, just trying to get better at that. It's, it's been a fun process. And then Bethany, she outworks me 10 to 1. <laughs> yeah, I tend to practice a lot. Um, I was blessed and got another horse going, which is always a challenge. Uh, he was a frustrating little sucker. I didn't know if he was going to work for a while, but spent a lot of time with him this last year, and he just did his first three PRCA rodeos this last run and did great. So it was good to get him going and work on some new tricks and try to tighten up some old ones I um, I think you know I'll never be as good as I want to be so having that time to practice and try to get even better was really nice yeah no I I uh, I, I love it I love it 100% because what you got what you two do absolutely boggles my mind every time and half the time I gotta sit there and when I get done watching you guys I literally gotta pick up my own job because I just sit there and think you know I can't do like me with a rope it's bad news. I'm telling you, it's it's not even good. And then me and horse, period, not good at all. <laughs> like me even trying to get on a horse normally, it's just it's bad. It's like a trick in its own for me. But but I, I love the amount of effort and, and and art and and like Bethany for you. You know, when I sit there and I watch you on your horse and I and I watch the things that you do. You know, you are so graceful in the way you do things, and it's like it's 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 like a dance and. And anyways, and then Ryder, when you can spin the gun and stuff like that, I just sit there like a kid in a candy store like, oh, come on, keep on going, keep on going. Let's let's just do a two-hour show. Let's go. And, uh, and, and I absolutely love it. But And that's and that's something that, you know, I think is important, uh, you know, and, and not just, you know, not just rodeo, but in anything in life in general, you know, if you want to be good. And, and I love what you guys said. And, and, uh, and there's actually a Matthew McConaughey moment that comes to my head. Uh, Matthew McConaughey did the graduation for the University of Texas uh, there in Austin. I want to say like two, three years ago, a couple years ago, whatever. And anyways, yeah, my hero is me in ten years. Yep, yep, a hundred percent. My hero is me in ten years. 
And, and I think what you guys just said there absolutely just replicated 100%. And, and, and so true because, like Bethany said, I'm never going to be as good as I want to be. And and, and like you said, Ryder, I'm never going to be where I want to be. And, and, and anyways, and that's that all comes with staying, you know, stay grinding. And that's 100%. This rodeo living, this rodeo life is all about staying on the grind and, and making sure it's all fun. Yeah, you know, and like, it, it was really cool. You, in the intro, you talked about that Go Big Show deal. And the the best part of that was Tomas Graziolazzo and his family, they ended up winning that show. But for like Beth and I, you know, we were there. We got quarantined for like two weeks where we couldn't go anywhere except the hotel room and the, the barn where we kept our horses at. And, you know, can't spend the two weeks there. And then, I mean, all together, it was over a month. And watching that man practice, I mean, I, I thought I practiced. And then watching him with his horses and then his practicing with the rope, it, it really made me realize, like, he never stopped. He, he kept on getting better year after year. And, I mean, he's amazing. Like, he, he's better now than he was last year. And I just know that because he practices all the time. So, I, I think it's easy to get in like a comfort and, and be like, Oh, this is good enough to get hired and good enough to do rodeos. And, you know, especially doing what we do. I mean, we, we do a show and then we go to the next place. Um, it, it's easy to do kind of the same old, same old, but you know, there's always somebody like, you know, Tomas and then there are some amazing young trick ropers coming up right now and trick riders that they're out there practicing and you know um if, if you want to stay relevant and stay good it's uh it's not getting content and it's pushing yourself and um i, I think that's where the, there's some amazing people out there and i i think it's kind of cool to have heroes like that and be able to uh try to keep up with them a hundred percent and 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 like you said, there's so many talented trick ropers and, and trick riders. Like, so in January, I was in Guthrie. And I actually, I think you guys were there as well uh, during the contract acts of Guthrie. Yeah, we went and watched. Yeah, and like, like it boggled my mind. I got done I got done doing my act, and I went up and sat in the bleachers. And there was, I couldn't even tell you how many trick riders there was there. And like, anywhere from like a four-year-old girl to, I, I don't even know who the oldest person there was. But like, I just sit there amazed how many people are coming up the pipe being ready to be you know some of the top trick riders in the country going up and down the road and uh and yeah. I, I i think that's I, so ahead, cool sorry. it was such a it was such a dying art and i'm so happy to see that it's really coming back and we have so many talented young trick riders coming up yeah a hundred percent i agree with you a hundred percent uh you know because you think about it, you know, at least for me, because I'll be the first to admit, and, and the listeners of this podcast know, and I've talked about it before, but, like, before I started my rodeo journey, man, like, I went to my local rodeo every year, but, I mean, I wasn't really a rodeo rodeo guru, you know, I would watch the PBR here and there, but, you know, whatever, but, and, and but you never really saw the trick riding and trick roping and stuff like that, and, and man, I tell you what, these last couple of years, I see it everywhere, and, it, and it's awesome to see these kids and even these adults that have just are so focused on mastering a craft and, and, and an art, and that's a hundred percent what both of y'all do is absolutely an art and a craft, and and like I said, absolutely boggles my mind. That's that's why I was so excited, and I and and I gotta apologize, Ryder. I was kind of fanned out a little bit when you and I first talked, cause I was like, yo, like I got to get this 
I gotta get this couple <laughs> on the podcast because literally, I mean, if I if if you guys if I see anything that has to do with you two on YouTube, uh, you two on YouTube, say that ten times fast. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, I'll click it and I'll watch it, and I can't tell you how many times I've watched you two and how many times I've watched your act and and like for example at the NFR this year. You guys got to do the, uh, uh, I apologize, but what was that show called? Uh, Cowboys and Caballos. Yes, Cowboys and Caballos. Yes. Uh, you two, uh, the great Bobby Kerr, uh, Tomas and his family, and uh, and Scott Grover. And, uh, mm-hmm. and man, I, I went down there, and I watched you all three times, and I was excited every time because it's truly amazing. And uh, But I, I want to go, and uh, I, I want to go back to pre-PRCA, uh, pre-con or dress act of the year i want to go back to the beginning Ryder, we'll we'll, st- we'll start with you but h- how did you get your start into the rodeo how did you get your start how how'd you know that you were going to fall in love with the gunslaying the whip cracking the trick roping all that uh i mean i i grew up i'm fifth generation horse trainer in my family um my grandpa he was the first president of the air force association my uncle he still shows Arabs. My dad, he started off in Arabs, and then he kind of transitioned more into the reigning working cow horse, and he competed. He rode South Bronx, and he went to circuit finals and, and stuff like that. And you know, he, he really he, he liked rodeo, so that's what Rope and I grew up in. And, I mean, even before I started trick roping, he got, I remember he got two white donkeys, and he wanted us to, like, have some kind of Roman riding act or something. We had a llama. Um, he trained that thing to kick a, like a beach ball, like 50 feet up in the air. Like he always was working on a kind of act. And when, um, I was nine years old, I went to like, I mean, I, I all grown up, I went to junior rodeos and I team rope and break weight and all the fun stuff when you're a kid. But when I was nine, I got a Will Rogers trick roping kit for Christmas and we moved all the furniture back. And it was, it happened when, uh, I, uh, it was 2001. It happened right after 9-11 and the horse market kind of crashed. My dad, he had a, a real nice place out in Colorado, 80 acres. And we were training horses out there. And after that happened, we were down to like four or five horses in the barn. Uh, and so we, we, my brother and I each only got one present each. And mine was that Will Rogers trick roping kit. And I practiced with that a lot. I, uh, before that, you know, I, I juggle. I was a Kansas State champion yo-yoer. I ride unicycle. I like magic, you know. And I, I like doing random skills. I just, I, I don't know. I always like doing the trick. And then, you know, getting that, I was able to kind of do more of the Western arts. You know, I grew up watching Roy Rogers and Gene Autry and, you know, getting a cap gun and spin on your finger and stuff. And so that was, uh, it was really cool. And then in 2003, we competed at the iPerry Showcase. Um, we had never done a, an act in the rodeo arena and we ended up winning it. Uh, I, I did the trick rope and my dad did the cowboy mount shooting. And then shortly after Roper started Roman riding and trick riding. And we kind of had a little family Wild West show act that we did at rodeos until I was 18. And Throughout that time, I mean, that, my dad got his pro card clowning, and so he would clown, and he would, uh, we would do the act. And then when I started on my own, I just did the act. And then a few years ago, I, I got the clowning card. And, you know, I was really blessed. I, I had a lot of opportunities. I, I know I had a lot of doors already open for me, knowing some of those guys 
when I got my card, I already knew the stock contractors by first name and stuff. But, you know, that first year working, uh, I, I didn't even get enough rodeos to fill my card. It took me two years to fill my card, and it was hard. Nobody wanted to hire an 18-year-old kid with a trick rope wearing white pants. And so, I, uh, man, I, I roped houses. I, I, I did little trained horses and stuff like that. And I had old beat up trailer and truck. Uh, it wasn't even a living quarters. It was just a dressing room. I lived in that for like four or five years and, uh, you know, just traveling around and getting to do it. And that's where the act kind of, I, I realized being young and cute was good, but doing it by myself, it, it was a lot harder. And I had to, I had to step it up because there's some amazing people out there. Excuse me, in our industry. And. Then I, the clown and that kind of helped a lot too, just getting hired more. Um, there, there were a few stock contractors that were like, hey, we want to hire you, but like, you need to do the clown and two, you know, we can't afford to get both. And, um, which has turned out to be really nice because I, I could get a bigger check at a rodeo and do two things. And that, that's helped out a lot. And, um, I was really blessed a lot of the, better barrel men today, you know, John Harrison, Rumford, Robbie Hodges, Robbie helped me a lot. And, you know, guys like that, they, I'm forgetting a few, but they, they helped me a lot there. And, uh, just working at it every year, you know, every year in my act, I, I always hate watching videos of the, the year before because it's embarrassing. And I, I hope next year we look back at a video of our time right now and it's like, wow, we, we get, hopefully get a little bit better because, um, yeah, but that that's kind of how it all started was just trick roping kit. And then Bethany, she got uh, her story's even better. Yeah, my story's a lot different. So Ryder grew up with horses and in a rodeo family. And my family had never owned horses. I don't think they'd ever went and watched a rodeo. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. She homeschooled me and my twin and my little sister. Um, but when I was nine years old... Um, I was um, anorexic. I had a really bad eating disorder, which I don't talk about a lot, but I got really, really sick. And my mom had taken me to a bunch of doctors. I was nine and had lost, gosh, 20 or 30 pounds. And, you know, it was really bad. I was just super depressed. And at nine years old, looked at my doctors and said, I don't see a reason to live anymore. And, you know, they told my mom, like, you have to get this kid something that makes her want to live basically and my mom you know what do you want to do she talked to me and I didn't feel good I was so depressed I, was like, I don't want to do anything I don't know and she found a horse riding stable it had just opened up in my hometown so my poor mom who's absolutely terrified of horses took me and my twin and my little sister and got us some lessons and I absolutely fell in love I started getting better and you know I just if I would eat my mom would take me for the lesson so I started eating again and um got some lessons. And after a few months, my mom bought us some horses. I think after three months, we owned three horses. And um, so I saw a trick rider out there at the ranch and she really, really inspired me. And um, Jennifer Gatrell ended up being my coach for years and like a mom to me. And she taught me and my sisters, we uh, learned to trick ride. And then within a year, we were doing local rodeos around Missouri. And trick riding and you know my mom and grandma who would never pull the horse trailer or done anything like that we're hauling us all over Missouri and Kansas and just taking us where we wanted to go um and I trick rode with my sisters for years I think we trick rode for six or seven years together and my sisters always liked it but I I loved it it's, it's all I ever wanted to do so when I was 18 I 
got my pro card and Ryder and I kind of decided to put the act together and, um, you know, been working out ever since. Huh. I did not realize that. I learned something new. I, I, that, uh, first off, Bethany, I, I appreciate you for discussing that. And, uh, and that's crazy that yes. as talented as you are now that you didn't even start out with horses. That, that's no, what bugs my tough. mind. We, I look back at some of our first videos and my horse wasn't even in the right lead. <laughs> I was <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that would have been nice to know, but we did the best we could. <laughs> so, so you're telling me that there's still a chance that I could get my PRCA card and trick riding. I just got to start Absolutely. now. And it's funny when I, I mean, my sisters were so much more talented than me. I would wake up. There was a point where I was just like, this is what I want to do. I want a pro card. For about two years straight, I would wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning every day. I would be outside of church ride for an hour. Then I would go to the gym. Then I would go to work because I was painting houses so I could afford a nice uh, white saddle so that I could, you know, have that PRCA look. And I did that for about two years. I'd practice every day at 3 o'clock in the morning just because I wasn't naturally talented at what I do. That That is that is, that is awesome. I can't tell you how awesome that is. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, wow. Three o'clock in the morning. See, that's see, hon, that's what separates between you and I. A going to yep, the gym. Me too. I, I <laughs> wake up at three in the morning. <laughs> I wake- <laughs> I'm going to bed at three in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see. That's more my level here. And uh, <laughs> and, and if I'm gonna start doing this trick riding deal on horses, I I gotta lose this food, baby. And uh, <laughs> and Easter definitely did not help out with that. But by the way, happy Easter, y'all. A couple days late, but oh, happy, happy Easter. Easter. But uh, but that's crazy and that's awesome. I I uh, I didn't realize that's how y'all got started. But uh, so. Y'all kind of combined forces, uh, like so. Like, did you all? How, how did you all meet? How how did you all decide? Like, okay, you know what? Let's combine. Let's conquer. Kabam. Well, so Ryder and I have known each other for years. So when my sisters and I had started, we've been going for a few years, and we went out and did the Cody Night Rodeo. We would trick right out there. We did that show for a month. And Ryder and his brother Roper were out there and they were team roping at the time because Ryder used to have a pro card in uh, team roping. So we met, but there's a seven year age difference. So I was like 11 years old. So there was no attraction, but him and his family were always so kind to me and my family. And um, through mutual friends, Ryder and I stayed friends. And, you know, as we got older and, you know, we kind of maybe started to like each other a little bit. Is there is there an attraction now? <laughs> yeah, I got. I, I, at least I on think my so. end. Um, you know, it was actually kind of funny. Her uh, coach, the Jennifer. Like, yeah, Jennifer, the woman that helps her trick ride. She has some kids, and they do uh, like a trick riding trick. They, they were group. at that that showcase down in Guthrie. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the trick riding groups. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, they they have some trick ropers in their group, and so she would have me come up. I think. Once a year, I think I did it like three, four times where I go up and help the kids like trick rope and like um, kind of have a weekend lesson. I, I don't know. It was just kind of for fun. And she ended up calling me and like her and her sisters, uh, her oldest, her twin, they uh, they got their pro cards and then she she hurt herself. Yeah, my twin uh, was training courses and we were trick riding. It just got our pro cards with the hope of uh, performing together. And in one summer, she had a horse land on her and break her back. And then shortly after, another one fucked her off and broke her neck. 
So that kind of stopped the trick writing for her. And that, and that, that story right there just officially ended my trick writing dreams. <laughs> well, she wasn't even trick writing. She was just training these horses for people that she shouldn't have been riding and no one should have been riding. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So Jennifer called me up and like, I, I knew her and all that, but like she called me up and said, Hey, Bethany really wants to trick ride with you in your act. <laughs> and then she called up Bethany and told her that I really wanted her to be in my act. Well, like me and yeah, she worked just like not against each other, but she worked it. <laughs> she worked it that way, so it sounded like he really wanted a trick writer in his act, and so he thought I really wanted to travel with him. Yeah. So we call. I called him confused, and I'm like, "Hey, like, so can I like I don't know trick ride with you this summer?" And he was like, "Um, I guess." And so I guess she kind of was playing matchmaker there, but yeah. it worked. So. That right there, that's the greatest love story I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> like, that is like, that's like Will Smith, like, hitch type, like, love making right there. Well, and the best thing was we performed for the summer, and I was still in college at the time, so I went home, and all summer he was just flirting with me, and he liked me, and he's like, we should date, and I'm like, no, we're keeping this professional. <laughs> so I call my mom. I'm about to leave him. And I call mom and I'm like, I think I like him, but I don't know. And she says, honey, just come home. And if you still think you like him, then that means that you like him. <laughs> so I was home for about a week and we'd be on the phone all day together. And finally, one day I just call, he calls me and I'm like, look, I think we just need a date. And he got so excited. <laughs> I don't like how desperate I come across in that story. But it's the truth. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. That is awesome. I, you know, I I'm I was I was wanting to discuss this. I'm so glad we're discussing this. But I'm not gonna lie. I figured he'd like hit you up on like Facebook Messenger, like, hey hun, you're cute or something like that. Like like I didn't know it went this way, but this is even better. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of Beyond the Paint Podcast is officially over. This is now lovematches.com. This is the episode here brought to you by lovematch.com or christiansingles.com. Remember, you know, there is someone out there. <laughs> you don't have to be lonely at farmersonly.com. That is a hundred percent. That is awesome. Uh that so you guys have been together now for how long it's three years three years this will be our fourth summer performing together and it's been the best three years of your life isn't it uh right it has it really has <laughs> yeah good 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 yeah, it, it's made it I, I honestly doing the rodeo and the acts and uh, all that like i did it for a couple of years by myself um it, and it, it got really hard just like traveling or trailer and you know, you go up and down, you've done it enough, you know, like, it, it's not as glamorous as everybody thinks it is. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, th this year alone, we've gotten stuck in two or three ice storms. Three. Three. <laughs> and, like, I mean, one time, I mean, we can't even unload the horses for, like, three, four days. We were stuck at an RV park, and it was just pure ice out. And, you know, on my last trip, my trailer lights wouldn't work, so I had to go find someone to do that. I'm like, you do a couple 25, 30 hour drives, get into a rodeo and you get there tired and you're doing it. it. It takes a lot of the fun out of it. And, um, you know, dang sure having her with me and stuff, it's, it's made it fun again. And, uh, I, I think that's something It's just, I, I get to go down the road with someone that I, I really enjoy their company and, uh, and it's just awesome. It, it's made it a lot of fun again. 
you know, I, I don't know about you, Bethany, but I got teary-eyed listening to that. And I don't know if you got teary-eyed, but I got teary-eyed because I, I, I get it 100%. And, and I tell you what, you know, I actually, I think, uh, I think because of the connection that you all do have, I really think it takes your guys' uh, performance and your guys' act to a whole other level because, you know, you can just see how much you all truly enjoy each other and the chemistry you all have. And you guys have to have that chemistry. I mean, some of the stuff that you all are doing together – you have to have that chemistry because I'm telling you, if I went to the bar and asked some lady to get blindfolded while I cracked two whips around her, <laughs> she's going to say no. And I don't, I, I, you can even ask my current girlfriend and she's probably going to say no. And she's probably going to crack a whip on me. So for y'all to have that chemistry and trust and stuff like that, and I absolutely love it. That is, that is awesome. But, uh, yeah, we, we really enjoy performing together. It's, it's, you know, when we go out there, it's not an act. Like everything we do for those, there might be work. There might be getting there, washing the horses, getting the truck set up. But what we do in that arena for 10 minutes, we love that from performing together, from his trick roping to my trick riding. Like that's what we love. Yeah, 100%. It's definitely not an act. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. So a couple things I want to go back to that y'all were just discussing. Uh, I did not realize that y'all were up at Cody Knight Rodeo. Uh, and I also did not realize that. Ryder, you had a PRCA card and team roping. Yeah. I did not realize that. I, You know, I always thought it was funny. You know, I, I your brother, I've, I've met your brother a couple times, and, you know, your brother's been at a couple events I've been at, you know, when he's riding stuff like that. And and uh, and it's actually, I, I, I met your brother for the first time at Hill City, Kansas, uh, two years ago. I was there with Slim and Robbie, and they were clowning that deal, and I was just hanging out. And, uh, I was there. Huh? I was there with Robbie. That's right after Cheyenne, right? Like the like the it's the middle of the week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was there at that first. Yeah, we, we stopped by because we went to Abilene, Kansas. Yep, and we we stopped there and watched Robbie and Flynn. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that day, so that's actually what I was just getting to is that you were there because oh, that's that's I think is that when you just you just had put the stage on your truck. That was the first year you'd put the stage on your truck, correct? Yeah, no, that was uh that was a that was a hard decision. I was uh we were I, I was in November and it was like right before the NFR and I'm out trick roping in the yard and I, I was like looking at my truck and I'm like, Hey, I tell you it would be really cool is if I could put like a stage up there, you know, that way I'm not like in the dirt and the mud and I think it came off of a year that I did a lot of mud perks where you get those white wranglers <laughs> dirty and you're like, I need a stage. Yep. yep. And uh you know, and like the next day, I ended up going and buying a, a new Ram pickup truck because my old one, I, I was like, I'm not going to paint it and put a stage on that. Like it was a manual. It was, it didn't have four wheel drive. I was like, I need an automatic and I need four wheel drive so that any committee guy or anybody could drive in the arena. And it, a big thanks to like my mom, my dad, and my brother. I mean, we were every day. My first show was the first weekend of January at one of those world's toughest, is uh, Minneapolis. And we, I mean, we worked Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's, New Year's Eve. Like, we worked every day other than going to the NFR on that truck. Like, in the wraps, the fog machine, the pyro. The, well, I didn't have pyro then, but, like, it, it was a lot of work. And I, I, I don't think I really realized how much work it was going to be. <laughs> like, I, I'm a ram rep, basically. Like, hey, I got to wash that truck. I got to wax it, buff it. Um, you know, stand at that stage, all the wiring for all the lights. And I mean, it's a couple hour project. I mean, like five, six hour projects the day before. And it's 
it's a couple hour project tearing it down and packing it away. Like that was a, uh, that was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. That's uh, but when you pull into Hill city and I saw that truck and, and I, I asked slim, I said, what in the world? He says that kid right there knew how to take his, uh, act to the next level. And he says he did it by putting on the stage. It's one of the smartest things that anyone's ever done. And I was like, that is crazy cool. And then I happened to see it. And I honestly, I honestly, I don't even remember where I was at, but I got to see your act live where you got to pull in with the truck and, and, and do that. And I thought that is absolutely insane. And, uh, but yeah, you know, like, like, so real quickly, you know, like for me, like I had my mentors, my mentor, I got so many mentors, uh, great mentors. And, and, and you talked about one of yours a little bit earlier. And I, and I want to discuss about a couple of your mentors, uh, Let's talk about Tomas uh, real quickly, and let's talk about the Tomas family. You just got discussing, uh, we talked about a little bit earlier, about the uh, Tomas's family. Uh, just won the TBS's show called Go Big, which is phenomenal and amazing, and they absolutely have earned it, deserve it, whatever you want to say it, because that family is one of the most caring, loving families ever. But tell me, talk to me a little bit, you know, uh, how Tomas and his family has helped uh, each one of you individually and as a uh, as a couple uh, and your guys' act and, and life in general. Man, I, I remember the first time I ever met Tomas. It was um, he was performing at like the Fort Worth. Uh, I think it was a stock show, like the rodeo, or it was something down there. We were living down there, and I, I had to be like ten years old, nine, ten, eleven, somewhere around there before we did the the act and. I, I knew a few tricks and I was walking around. They had a trade show area and I'm walking around. And I, I always carry a rope with me. Not as much anymore. My shoulders wearing out, but I, I used to just have it glued to my hand. Like I, I slept with three ropes under my pillow for like ever. And, um, I, I was out there playing around and Tomas, he saw me and he's like, all right, can, can you do this trick? And so I, you know, I tried doing that trick and, he was like, okay, all right, can you do this trick? So I do that trick, and he came up to the Texas skip. And I, I didn't know the Texas skip at that point. So he spent a couple hours with me just playing around and trying to help me learn, you know, different tricks and stuff. And it was really cool because, like, um, about two weeks later, he had a show coming back through that area, the Will Rogers Follies. And it, I got to go out there and he, he invited me to come out there with him. And my dad dropped me off. I, I stayed there with him probably for three, four days where he had like a huge hotel room, two rooms. So like he, he let me stay with him and he fed me and we roped all day. And I actually got to meet JW Stoker there. Um, great trick roper, great trick rider. And he was doing a show out there with Moss and, you know, that that was kind of cool because, like, I, I was a nobody. I, I was just a kid, and he took me kind of under his wing, and he uh, he helped me a lot. Like, it, we he would come, and anytime I could, I would go hang out with him or, you know, and he would come and stop and stay with us. And it, just helping a kid get better, I think that was something that was the coolest. Uh, and, and, you know, all the way up to, I, I won't forget the, the first time I, I did the NFR, it, uh, he, he, I mean, he had done it like at that point, probably like 12, 13 times. Like he's done it like 25 times now or whatever. And it's something crazy. Like he's done it forever. And he, um, I, I was so nervous. Like I, I was 
20, 21 years old. And I was like practicing. I would go as hard as I could in rehearsals. And the, I, I, it comes like that's the night before the day of. Like, I mean, you could tell I was nervous. Like, I, is that the hallway where all the team ropers come out, like all the flag horses come in, there's like a big open dirt spot inside. And that's where I always practice, right? Uh-huh. Like, I, I still do it to this day. Like, I'll put some headphones in and that's where I go and that's where I practice. So he walks down there and he came up to me and he's like, you know, Ryder, like, uh, you know, do good, da da da. And he's like, uh, I, I, the dirt out there they work it it's a lot deeper than you think it is and he says so don't trip and fall and then he just turned and like walked away <laughs> like, i was like i i remember that first part of, like i was at the gate i'm like don't trip and fall don't trip and fall don't trip and, like i don't remember anything like it was a blur to me it's 45 <laughs> seconds i just like i can't remember it all i remember is like don't trip and fall don't trip and fall and you know, the coolest thing about that to me is I know he was razzing on me. I know he was messing with me and like, but it was in a way of like a friend, like giving another friend, like a hard time. Like I would give you before you go in there in a con and, you know, like, yeah. I, you know, don't be funny, you yeah. know, or something. I don't know. But like, it, it was cool that somebody that I looked up to since I was a kid then was, you know, just a friend, you know, I could go, I would hang out at his trailer while he was, you know, roping in the day and, you know, that, that just in itself to have somebody you looked up to since you were a kid become like a friend and, you know, somebody that you can talk to on a one-on-one basis. That, that means a lot. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, and, and I, and I think, uh, you know, the crazy thing about Tomas and, and, and so I, like a lot of people, there's a lot of people that when they get popular, or become famous or become really successful, uh, there's a lot of people that forget about their home roots and, and forget about, you know, like like almost feel like too good to be their type of deal. But the thing with Tomas is, I mean, that man is humble as a cum. And, and I mean, we'll stop and shake hands. And I, just one of the most down-to-earth, greatest people, one of the greatest families you'll ever meet. Uh, I got the honor of meeting uh, Tomas uh, and his family a couple of years ago. Uh, actually it would have been this, not this last Christmas, but the year before that or whatever, two Christmas ago, I guess. Uh, cause I bought, uh, Kenny Pettit's trailer. Uh, oh, okay, cool. I, I bought the cowboy monkey trailer, you know, whatever the 48 foot trailer, the toy box. And, uh, mm-hmm. anyways, I went down there to Kenny Pettit's and stinking tie dumb, dumb here. Uh, I took my single axle one ton, uh, Ford truck down there, my dad's truck. Cause I didn't have a, I had a three quarter ton at the time. And, uh, anyways, I hooked onto the trailer. Well, the trailer was an eight foot wide trailer. Well, I couldn't turn out of Kenny Pettit's driveway without smashing out my back window. So I unhooked the trailer. Kenny took the trailer all the way up. Long story short, I had to spend a couple of days at Kenny's. Well, it just happened to be Christmas Eve. Well, that's when they all do their big Christmas party. Uh, Kenny, Nicole, uh, Tomas's family, Matt and Stacy Tar and the kids, and uh, uh, Tommy Joe and uh, 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 Lucia, you know, all, all of them come over. And anyway, so I just got to sit there, and it was kind of cool. And you know, like, I don't know, I don't know if it was like God's way of being like, hey, I want you to meet these people, so here's some bad luck for you, so you have to spend a couple <laughs> of nights. And uh, but I mean, just just to get to sit there and chit chat with them, and, and I mean, even at the NFR in Fort Worth, uh, you know. Like I thought, man, there's no way these people would see me. And and, and Bobby and, and Tomas are 
hey, hey, how are you? And I'm like, yo, how do you remember me? I'm like, two years ago, I'm, I saw you for a night. And like, the fact that you're like, like that meant a lot to me. Cause I'm like, man, that, you know, these are people I look up to. These people are super successful in the PRCA. These are people that have made a living uh, doing what they love. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, just one of the most humble down to earth people, hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he's always got a smile on his face. We spent extended time, you know, at the go big show or yeah. at the show in Fort Worth. And he is always smiling, be it, you know, we're all up there early trying to watch horses, get ready for the show. And he's just got this big smile on his face and he's just always happy, <laughs> which I just love about him. Like he's just the most genuinely happy person you will ever meet, yeah, which I, is so cool. I, I, I don't know. And I, and I asked Kenny, uh, I've I've asked Matt, but I don't think I've ever seen uh, Tomas not happy. No, I haven't seen it. Never. Man, I wish Tomas was my dad if if he's always happy. <laughs> <laughs> but I and and uh, oh, I just lost his kid's name. Uh, uh Louis. 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 Man, and how like for being such a young kid, how talented he already is with the rope, and and the things that that kid's was- gonna be able to do. It was incredible. So on Tomas and Justine's last performance on the Go Big Show, Ryder and I actually got to go in the arena and help them. And we played such a small part, but things like Ryder would hold Hollywood when Tomas stepped off, and I would help Louis get on his pony and put his little sombrero on. And the the professionalism that Louis has at such a young age is incredible. They set him out. They walk him out in the middle of this coliseum, and he's standing in front of these this panel of four famous judges and everything goes quiet. They make this kid stand there for 45 seconds and not move, not do anything. And then they're like, action. And he just starts his little performance like nothing. Like yeah. it was nothing for him. Wow. Yeah, he's really, he's, really, he's awesome. He's like, they're just, I mean, he's super well behaved. Like, I mean, he's just so polite, like takes his hat off. Yeah. Yes, man, no, sir. And he's just like, like he's a sweetheart. I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of kids, like. But I like I love Louie. Like I, I love that kid, and I, I I've learned like good kids. I like I really like good kids. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the kids segment that comes up next in our in our love uh, podcast. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I, I did want to say one thing because like I thought this was kind of the coolest thing ever. I I I, I don't want to come across cocky, but like when we won the dress act of the year this year. The very first text message, you brought him up, Bobby Kerr, mm-hmm. and the very first text message we got was from him. Uh, yeah. Tomas, he, I mean, he went and stood right there. Like, I mean, it, it was so cool that those guys, I mean, they were, they were so, like, I, I honestly think they were happier for us to win it than, like, them to win it. Like, I, I don't know how that's possible, but they were just, it, it was so cool, like, that, they were there and we got to share that because we were at their house for like a couple weeks before. And then we did that show for 10 days and man, they filled you up more than anybody. Like, I think that was one of the coolest things about winning it is that, you know, the best builds you up, you know, people, you know, might tear down. Like, I, I'm not saying like, I, I know this happens. Like, I'm not saying, you know, I've dealt with it, but yeah, it, it was so cool that, I, I kind of was like, ah, you know, when it, you know, you might like, you know, there, but like when they're like so happy, I mean, shoot, it, actually the best story is, is John Harrison. Cause like John, we, every year the nominations come out, John, it, we were, we're doing a, I did that, uh, show he does out in, uh, 
Oklahoma State Fair, that Wild West show he does. Oh, yeah. And so we're there for like two weeks, and that's about the time of the year where we all get called and like, hey, you've been nominated, blah, 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 you know, like, and so every year, like, I was so excited. Like, uh, honestly, I still get really giddy. Like, I can't believe it. I'm like, I, I got nominated, uh, jumping around, and he was always so happy for me. Well, the next category up was the Barrelman um, awarded the, the Comedy Act, I guess it was. And uh, John, I like, I'm coming off the stairs, and they're getting ready to come up. And John, like, he meets me, like, almost halfway up the stairs to give me a hug. And I was, like, so excited. And, like, I was, like, trying not to cry. Like, I'm not going to cry up on this stage. Like, that ain't happening. And I got so excited. And he, like, he came out to give me a hug, and I went to give him a hug, and I forgot my arm was around Beth, and I kind of, I didn't shove her down. But I did. I was in these big old heels, and he just ran to John Harrison and pushed me down the stairs, and Gizmo had to catch me in his arms before I fell. Yeah, Gizmo saved your life, and, and mine, because I would have had to sleep on the couch that night. So I'm really happy Gizmo was there. He didn't even notice that I had fallen. He was just in John Harrison's arms, just <laughs> hugging him, and we're like, "Hey!" Like he pushed me down the stairs. But it was like really funny because, like, the, you know, John gave up. Shoot, all, all those guys. I mean, most of those guys in the uh, gave like they were congratulating us as they're calling them up on stage to get their award. They like they had a weight on them for a second because. You know, they, they were congratulating us. And I think that's, like, what it is, is. What made it so cool was that people that you have looked up to since you were a kid. I mean, I, I remember John Harrison getting lowered down from the ceiling trick rope at the NFR. I, I remember Tomas getting a standing ovation there. I, I remember watching videos of these guys. And then they're, they're there, and they're, they helped me get there. And then they're so happy and supportive when you win it. I think that's, like, the coolest part is, like, it wasn't, like, oh, you know, like, you know, whatever. Like, it was that they were so genuinely happy that it, it made everything to me. And those guys are, like, genuine good guys. Like, it, it made it awesome. Yeah, yeah, uh, 100%. And I, I don't think I could have said it any better. You know, it, it makes a victory ten times sweeter when the people that you surround yourself are just as excited or sometimes even more excited, you know, like, like and, and, and like, for example, like, like I'm on a much smaller scale here, but, like, like the IFR deal, you know, I, I won the Barrelman deal this last year, and man, my phone blew up. Like I legitimately had to shut my phone off that night because I was getting so many phone calls and texts, and and like to have everyone like congratulate and stuff like that. And man, like it literally, like, like like you said, right? Or uh, yeah, right? Or it makes you want to like makes you want to cry a little bit because it's like, man, like there is generally so many good people in this world. And, and even though the media and, and everything going on in the world right now makes you want to not believe there's very many good people in the world, but like, you know, like, uh, the last episode or two episodes ago, uh, you know, I had, uh, Brent Schaff and, and Gus Kromberg with the hooked up enterprises guys on here. And, 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 and Gus said something that I absolutely loved. He said, show me your, the people around you and I'll show you your future. And, 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 that. and that's, that's a hundred percent so true. And, and, and man, I, I honestly, I, like I, I have a shirt made with that saying on it and I have a poster with that saying on it because it's so true and when you surround yourself with good people great things happen and then and like you said that's that's a very very valuable point right there and and point proven right there and uh and yeah Bobby Bobby Kerr is such a great human being and and a true cowboy 
you know, with Bobby, I always kind of get the, the, that loving grandpa vibe, you know, like the, yeah. you know, he's so happy to see you and just kind of wants to give you a hug and, and how you doing, son? You know, I'm like, I'm good, grandpa. How are you? <laughs> no disrespect. I'm not calling you old, but, you know, kind of get those grandpa vibes. And, 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does get that grandpa, like, good guy. But I guarantee you that man could take you and I both with one arm tied around his back. Like, that guy is tough. 100%. So, Bobby, if you are listening, uh, you know, uh, we, we send out love and say hello and happy Easter and we love you. <laughs> and, uh, That's right. and, and I got a box of cookies waiting for you and I'll bring them over to apologize. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, real quickly, Ryder, I, uh, another, uh, what's, who's another mentor of yours in terms of like the rodeo clown side of the game? Like, like, uh, like, I guess, uh, you know, like for me, like, your profile picture. Who's in your profile picture with you? No offense, Bethany. It's, it's not. It's not you right now. But uh, that's okay. I think we've got even better. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that person that's in your profile picture, and because uh, man, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I, I'm super jealous. You know, because I've gotten to talk to uh, talk to that man just a few times on the phone, but I never got to meet him face to face, and I would have given anything to meet him face to face. So talk about that relationship with that guy in your picture. Man, Lisa, he he was. He was unbelievable. He uh, he was so cool. I I got to do. Uh, I mean, I worked a handful of rodeos with him, and uh, but where we really got to hang out was when we did um, Scotty Lovelace's that Harper and Morgan run where you do Jackson, Hattiesburg, South Haven. There's like there's a handful of rodeos, and like Jackson's eight purse. There's a couple four purse. Like it, it, it it's a long run and we did an act where he, he would go after my act. And so we would do this whoop his act where he would do a whip cracking act. And he, I mean, it was like four lead ropes tied together. And it was like all this comedy, like he, he would hit the paper out of my hands, but like I would rip it. And like, I popped the balloon, but I had a thumbtack on my hand. So like, and there was like delays with the sound man where like he would crack and it would always make this crack sound over the speakers. And then the guy would be late on it. And he was, I mean, his timing, I, I mean, I remember he, he would always say timing's not important, timing's everything. And he was so good at that. Like, it was so cool just watching him clown. I, uh, he, I mean, he, I, I, I kept on thinking, like, man, at that time I'm like 20 something years old. I'm watching it like he is like 80 and he's doing a better job at it than I could do right now. Like, I'm supposed to be like in shape, doing good. And he would just deliver lines, perfect timing, perfect everything. Like, he was so awesome at that. But you know, the best part was, like, that act, we we got to hang out. And I dressed up. I put my makeup on and go out there and help him. But he would, like, he he really took it as, like, he would take me out to lunch. And, like, we would talk for a couple hours. And, like, it was really cool because, I mean, he would share and help me a lot. He would tell me stories about, like, him on Hee Haw and, you know, this rodeo and that, and, like, it was just kind of cool that I I got to hang out with him and spend time with him just because, I mean, he is such a legend, and, and it kind of goes to echo that deal where, you know, they, they help you out. Like, I, I, I can't imagine another industry where people want to help you succeed almost to the point where they're not succeeding, and I, I that that's unbelievable. It's just, the support and the help that they give and um man lisa you know uh 
we we got to do South Haven, Mississippi, uh, what two weekends ago, and that was like Gleasel's rodeo. Like he he helped get all the sponsors for that rodeo. He had clowned it for many many years, and his uh his daughter ended up helping. Like she pretty much ran it. She was the head committee person there, and you know can't clown it. And they they did the whole video. Like they they dedicated the performances to him, and like. They had the whole video and they showed pictures of them and, and man, it was a it was really 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 hard going out there after watching that and, and like I mean he's on your mind like shoot even in Jackson um we we gotta do that this year and it it was hard you know you you see him everywhere you are and he he was a great guy he he was fun I just can't say enough good about him he was he was a great guy. Yeah, I, I, I think you hit it right on the head. And uh, like I said, I, I never got the privilege to meet him face-to-face, but, man, the phone calls we had, you know, he, he was so good to me and, and always gave me words of wisdom. And I, I called him uh, I called him after a couple of rodeos I was just getting frustrated with, and I just felt like my timing, my timing wasn't right. My timing wasn't there. I felt like I was late on delivery. I just, you know, things just weren't going right, and I was getting frustrated. And, and I'll never forget, he, he just straight up said, he says, Ty, he says, you want to know why? And I said, why, Lisa? I said, I, I would love to know why. I said, if you knew why, I said, I'd pay you a million dollars right now. And he says, well, baby, write that check. He says, because you just trying way too hard. And I was like, you know what? You're 100% right. You're 100% yeah. right. But, but you know, we talked about Bobby Kirby on Beat the Crap Out of Us. You know, uh, no offense to Bobby, but I'd much rather fight Bobby than I'd much rather fight Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) I still love that video, that robot. You know, it was on YouTube. Vermilion Utah. And he's just whooping on that poor guy. He thought he'd be funny, and then this old man just like beats the tar out of him. (laughs) That made my day. I I, I haven't laughed that hard in a while. First time I saw that video, that was awful. And I I still. I bet you I watch that video probably 30 times a year. I mean, I, just any time, I just need a good laugh. I mean, I will just laugh every time because because I believe the story is, and if I remember correctly, I believe his boy is in that uh, robot helping with that act. Yeah, uh, I think that was the story I heard too, or yeah. a friend or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that, that drunk <laughs> the drunk uh, bystander thought it'd be funny to come wreck the clown's uh, uh, act. <laughs> and I'll bet you what, I tell you, I'll bet you that dude has never wrecked another rodeo clown's act or has never let any of his kids or family member <laughs> wreck another act because Liesl got his shots in. Like, Oh, yeah, he did. And I tell you what, them security guards... I think once they saw Liesl kind of whooping up on them, I think like, okay, maybe we should step in. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was funny. That that was awesome. Yeah. He, was, he was good. He was. Yeah. I, I, and like, I, you know, just kind of like clowning stuff, but like, he knew his character and he did it to a T. Like, I always think that's so important. It's like. Uh, as an actor, a clown, or whatever, it's like knowing what you're trying to portray. And and delivering that, you know, like, I mean, like random examples, like if you go out there and you're clowning and you like, say, you know, you have a mother-in-law and you're married joke. And then the next event, you're like, I have a single joke. And you say it like, I always thought that was a cool thing about Lisa. This is like, it was him out there. Like, yeah, it was a character. Yeah, it was that. But like, it was always kind of like him. And I, I always thought that was cool. It was like, 
he, he dressed the part. He knew his character, and, and he hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I I thought that was I. I'm gonna say the joke. I I probably shouldn't even over a podcast, but I thought it was the funniest thing. One of the first radios I saw that the joke. Um, how'd it go? He said I was uh, watching TV the other night with my wife, and I kept on watching the Playboy channel to the Hunting channel, the Hunting channel, the Playboy channel. I kept on switching channels, and my wife finally said, "How about you watch the Playboy channel? You already know how to hunt." <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing that and being like, oh my gosh, Lethal, you cannot say that in the arena. Like, there's <laughs> but, no way you can say that. But, and like, but, but who's going to tell him otherwise? No one. <laughs> no, I mean, there's, you couldn't pay me to say that joke in the arena. I, I would die. And like, but he got away with it because of like his character and the way he was and like, yeah. It just was like, oh, that's Lethal. And like, <laughs> it was funny. I think that was something that I learned from him is that I, I used to try to be like, especially in the clown, it was like, I try to be something I'm not. And I think it really helps to know who I am out there, know the character I'm playing, try to be myself and just try to be an enhanced version of that. Yep. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's, uh, like I said, Liesl, man, and there's guys that don't even realize it, but every rodeo clown that's going up and down the road, has some kind of influence from Liesel. And, uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he just, he was just that kind of icon legend. And, uh, like I said, he, he's gone, but he, I promise you, he'll never, ever, ever be forgotten. And, uh, yeah, he, he transformed the game and he set a standard. It's a very, very high standard for sure. But, uh, but yeah. So, Bethany, we, we know we've been talking a lot about the clowning and, and, you know, that's, that's where Ryder and I connected, you know, in the clowning side of the game. But, but I want to know, uh, in terms of like mentors, idols, like like how, who like is there like a style or whatever that you kind of helped shape yours because of someone or you know how, how does oh, that absolutely. go about? So for sure, my coach Jennifer, like I said, she taught me for so many years and taught me for free and became like a second mom. She was always great. And Linda Schultz, uh, she was a, she's probably in her sixties now, but I was blessed to get to go learn from her and just her gracefulness and the way she carried herself in her trick writing and just in life I always aspire to be like her and another one is Dusty Dickerson um I grew up watching videos of Dusty and just thought she was the coolest thing and I still watch videos of Dusty and I'm just amazed at what she can do and the energy she brings and um how genuine she is and the passion and you know she's out on her horses all the time like you can just tell she works so hard so you know, I would say Linda Schultz and Dusty Dickerson definitely have helped shape who I am as a performer and a trick writer. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's, 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 it's important, you know, it's important to set them people, you know, like I idolize those people because that helps you stay focused and set your goal of what you want to become and how, you know, having those people to be able to help you become great. You know, that's, uh, absolutely. for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. But, uh, let's talk about 2021. Uh, you know, you guys have been off to a good start so far. Uh, you guys had a few snowstorms and ice storms this winter, but, but tell me, how does the summer look? You know, how, how's the run look? Everything coming together good. Uh, you know, where's, where's some of the places you're excited about and, uh, you know, go from there. Yeah, no, this year it, I'm, it, it, it's been a lot different because uh, a lot of us are dealing with this is rodeos from 2020 that rolled over that, 
you were like, all right, well, I'll keep you. And then some rodeos you already had booked where you can't pick up rodeos. So you're like, I'll pick you up in 2022 or something like that. And it's made my calendar where we're going to drive a lot. Like weekends that I booked in 2019, like, all right, yeah, I'll make a run with that. Like that, I can do that. I'm going from like, you know, Texas to Utah to Montana to Wyoming to yeah, like Kansas to Utah to like, it's just zigzagging the country. But, you know, I, I kind of wanted to honor as many contracts as I could and the contracts I couldn't like roll over. I, um, I, I try to move them forward a year. First time I could do them, I, I could do them. So it ended up filling up a lot of the weekends. Um, and it, it, it's just, it's a lot different every year. I try to book schedules or like runs and this year it'll be tough. Um, but you know, there, one great thing is I, I get a clown a lot more this year. That's really picking up. So like, uh fort smith arkansas i get to clown that one I, i'm pretty excited about that one um i think that'll be a good one casper nampa uh we lost uh Cheyenne. uh i'm bummed about that one but that that was a great rodeo and it treated me really good and they're going a different direction this year and um but you know we were able to pick up some other really good rodeos cody wyoming over the fourth of july um and, and you know we do have a good run that Logan Burley and Tremont and run that that's it those Utah rodeos are a blast the crowds are amazing um those are Barty Barty's a great guy I work for and uh so that'll be a fun little August we'll, well we won't have to drive that far so I'm looking forward to that yeah absolutely that's that uh man making runs being able to put runs together are nice and, uh, but you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes you just get to spend quality windshield time even more than what you really <laughs> would like, but, but it's all, remember, it's all roses and sunshine. <laughs> that's, well, and that's, that's the hardest part. And there's a lot of uh, guys that, whether they're trick ropers, mostly trick ropers that came up to me, but you know, even, you know, some barrel men and stuff. And they're like, hi, you know, all starstruck and they want to do it. And it's like their first year or two. And, they might have just done local rodeos and like maybe getting their feet wet. And they're like, I, I want to be like big time and going. And it's like, you know, they pay us a lot of money, but they pay us for all the driving, all the mechanic work, all the, yeah. the headache of figuring out how to get there stranded in the middle of the road, fixing a tire at midnight kind of stuff. They don't pay me for the two hours in the arena. That's, that's for freebie. They get that for free everything else they pay for. And I think that's what wears people out. Anybody that, you know, has done it for a while, I got nothing but respect for because I know that they've gone through their fair share of hard, hard times on the road and, yeah, pay their dues. you know, that's, that's, it's not even paying your dues because it never stops. Yeah, you're, you right. Know? Like, you're right. You're right. You're right. I talk to like, you call up anybody that's working any of the big rodeos and they're like, ah, oh, this year, I think John, I talked to him, I think it was a year or two ago. I forget which run he did, but he's like, I, I don't know why, but the run I did, he says, I'm going from Utah to, uh, you know, Missouri and then to Oregon and then back to Iowa. And it's like, I don't know why I did that. I like <laughs> me, I, I really, I, and like we were doing Jackson and then we did Perry and then we, uh, we went to North Dakota Arizona and then um, Mississippi, like, 
every like every weekend you know like you have to drive 30 hours in a week 20 hours in a week you know and get there set up be ready do the show tear down drive to the next one and still smile like, and don't forget to smile and still oh, smile yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing man I, I tell you what last summer i had a run uh or i it wasn't even a run it was a I don't even know why I did it. Like you just said, I don't know why I did it. But, you know, I went from Cody, Wyoming, uh, doing 11 nights of the night rodeo to driving 30-some, I think it was like 31 hours down to El Paso, Texas. And, oh, and I was like, I was like, why did I do this? Why do I do this? Do I really want to do this anymore? And then to drive and then stink and tie, I'm going to fire my booking, my traveling agent, which is myself. But yeah. then I got done with that deal in El Paso, and I told Maury, I said, I'll be right back up to Cody. So what I do, <laughs> I've been yeah. on the road, man. <laughs> I know. I, actually, the worst one I think I've had in a long time was this year, Jackson. We got that ice storm. Uh, I mean, we lost like two, three performances, and they moved it to that weekend, which I was booked in Perry, and so we couldn't do it. So we uh, Wednesday was the last contract of day we were in Jackson, and then – like on the map, it's seven hours overnight. I was like, it'll be a long night, but we can get there, sleep a few hours. We'll be fine. I can work Perry. And like, I'm, I'm clowning. I'm doing the act. I'm doing everything in Perry. Well, with that ice storm, we had to drop way down south. I mean, like all the way to the ocean and then cut back up a seven hour trip, six and a half, seven hour trip. I mean, the first four hours, we didn't go over 30 miles an hour. Like, we <laughs> putted across there. I think we slept for me. I pulled over because I could not drive anymore. I slept for, like, an hour. We got to that rodeo arena in Perry, and it was raining. And we're sitting at the truck in the rain. Uh, we're having to do production meeting at 4. Like, we got there at, like, one thirty. And I've never seen Beth and I move so fast, like, <laughs> setting up the truck, zip-tying it getting the horses saddled, you know, mic check, showing them the arena. I mean, getting the barrel out there, making sure that's looking good. You know, all the things that go into it, literally I did not stop running until I went in the arena. Like then I could take a breath. And I, I, on an hour of sleep doing a show that the night before doing it there, clowning and stuff. I think I had probably about six monster energy drinks <laughs> and I was just shaking. Like I, like I can't remember that first performance, but I know I couldn't even go to sleep until like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning because I was so wired on energy drinks because I had to go out there and like be awake and smile and act normal. But it took that many energy drinks for me to be like halfway awake. So, like I was falling asleep where I was standing and, th and that's the stuff that like, nobody sees it's like you go out there and it's like oh i'm a happy clown like everybody's happy we're all good and like or the act like you know whatever we're gonna do a great job but like you're going on no sleep you're going on tired you're stressed yeah. out driving on ice yeah and, it, it, and, and like you hard. said people don't people don't see that like you know i, I people give me a hard time because they're like man you got the easiest job in the world like you're basically the entire summers of vacation i'm like y'all y'all don't realize <laughs> The time we spend on the road traveling, the hours we spend working on our props. Like, I hate to break it to you, but sometimes our props don't always work. And sometimes no. working on our props turns in from a little 15, 20 minute deal into a six, seven, eight hour deal. And like, like you guys <laughs> said with the truck and the, and the, and having the, uh, uh, platform on top, you know, like, like 
I mean, it's just like sometimes you're just like, man, this office job sounds really good right now to apply for. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. That's what we always say to each other, though. You know, we're out there setting up in the rain and we just look at each other and I'll always say, hey, it's better than an office job. (laughs) And, you know, we're like, we're still doing what we love, you know, because in however many hours this is over and we get to go into an arena and someone's going to pay us to do what we be doing at home anyways. You know, I've been trick riding all day today not getting paid for it like I'm going to do it regardless and in a few hours we're going in that arena and someone's going to pay us to do what we love so it's all worth it yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. so that actually that right there kind of leads into my next question for you guys what what is your motivation what keeps you guys going what what makes you continue to want to get better and continue to rodeo like do you guys have like something that just absolutely motivates you or like like makes you want to strive for more Man, I I just think that, uh, you know, when we won the dress act in 2003 in the I-Perry, I remember thinking to myself, like, well, 2003, like, we never done a rodeo act. We went out there and won it. We got really I, I, lucky, blessed, you know, like, it was awesome. And uh, I, I remember thinking, like, 2004, PRSA dress act of the year. That's the next step up. And, like, I mean, 2020, like, 17 years later and it's like okay you know it's it, 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 I remember that being something that it was and it's something that I, I think it reminds me of is I, I would say this for years um what would the 2020 or what would the dress act of the year be like you know like what would they do what what would be professional what would be good and um I think that did something where I, I don't think I realized in the first couple of years, and, you know, I was 20, I was dumb, and, you know, I, I probably could have handled myself more professionally. But I, I think things are, in the last, you know, five years, I, I've tried to be more of what I would imagine. What would John Harrison, Tomas Gazzelazzo, Justin Rumford, Bobby Kerr, what would they do? And, you know, I, I want to bring myself to that standard, you know, and, like, that's just like where I want to be professional, but the the working at it, I, I honestly don't think it's and that's my say that different, but it's never been like something where I'm like, you know what, I want to be the best, so I'm gonna go out and practice today, yeah. or you know what, I I want to work the NFR, or I want to be dressed next year, so you know what, I need to go practice today because honestly, when we go out there, I, I enjoy doing it. Like Beth, she says she works at it every day. And she does. Like, I mean, she wakes up before I do. She's already worked out for an hour, like, every day. She does yoga. She stretches for, like, another hour. She goes takes care of the horses. You know, she treats it like a job. And, uh, but that's because that's what it takes to be great. But the actual doing it, the trick ride and the trick roping, it, it's just because, I mean, I, I, I got given a trick roping kit when I was nine years old. And I played with that rope all day, never knowing that I could make a living with it. I love playing with the rope. Like, I, I woke up and I went and roped the heel with my dad and my brother today just for fun. You know, we, we healed the dummy. And, you know, I love roping. I, there's nothing I love more. And I, to be able to make a living with the rope, I've never had to work at that. There's no motivation there. It's just I love roping. And that's something that I've been blessed with is I get to make a living doing something that I would do for free and Beth yeah she did she I don't think she works at it to get to be the best it's just because it's what we love to do 
the other stuff, that's, that's the stuff you got to work on. Yeah. yeah. The, the truck, you know, the, the props, the making sure you're got a full calendar and you're calling rodeos. That's work, you know, making deals, you know, trying to get hired, you know, that that's work yeah. doing, doing the trick rope. And man, I, I don't care if I ever get paid for it. I, I love trick rope. I'm never going to stop. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, and I definitely think, uh, you know, and I, I think that's why it's so important when people say find something that you love because yeah. when you love it that much, it makes the parts that are considered work, you know, more willing to be able to do it because you know that putting in that little bit of work that, you know, like you said, on the truck or, you know, whatever, gets you to that point of being able to do what you love. And, and you know, I, you know, I, like, like Bethany said earlier on the podcast, you know, those 10 minutes that you guys are together in the arena, you know, that's not an act. You guys sort of like really, really enjoy what y'all do. And, and man, I, I tell you what, like every time I'm in the arena, every time me personally, I'm in the arena, like that's the quickest two hours of my life. Most of the time yeah. with a good production. Most of the time. <laughs> good, good <laughs> let, let me, I love that. that. That just made it for me. <laughs> let me, let me just cl- make that clear. Okay. Because yeah. when we're in the arena for three, four hours, then it's not so much fun, but and the what, mic's not working, oh, and it's yeah. raining, the crowd won't laugh. Yeah, no, I get that feeling. Yep, yep. And then it's starting to get dark, and the lights aren't working, and so people are pulling <laughs> yeah. up pickup trucks, and you're like, "Yo, we're at a Mexican bull riding." <laughs> and, uh, and but yeah, you know, like a hundred percent, and that's that's so important for anyone, you know, to find what do do what you love because it makes put having to put in that little bit of work totally worth it, and uh, yeah. And like I said, a hundred percent, uh, one last question for y'all and I'll let y'all go. I know y'all are super busy and I, and I really do appreciate y'all taking the time to come on here and chit chat with me and, and talking about your story. But one last question for you guys. And I ask everyone this, uh, at least I try to, uh, what is one thing that you know now that you would tell a, your, uh, a younger you, or what, what would you tell your younger self? Uh, you know, maybe whatever it may be, if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I, um, man, that's a really good question. I, I I think I would tell them that to be happy, um, everything, you know, like there's good people and like, it works out. Like, you know, if you, you know, my dad used to say, you know, if you work hard, doors will open. And I, I think that's like a, you know, moving forward, sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes you get down in the, that and just you know keep your head up if you work hard you keep a good attitude you treat people right you know if you do what you can to be a good godly person i i think there's no limit and um you know just you know enjoy it enjoy the ride enjoy it enjoy the process you know work at it and um but but enjoy it more than anything you you have to yeah, I think I would tell my younger self to, yeah, just work hard at it because there was a long time when, you know, like I said, I wasn't as good as I wanted to be. And I always wondered if I could, you know, be good enough to be in the PRCA. And I would just tell my younger self or, you know, anybody young listening, like if you work hard and you dedicate yourself to it, there's not, there's nothing that you can't do. Like when you see these people that you think are great, they've just put a lot of time into their craft or into what they're doing. And if you work hard, you can achieve what you want to achieve as well. So just work hard at it and believe in yourself, you know, like you can achieve anything. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that, 
Step believing yourself. I, I like that. I tell a lot of people this when they're working on something that there's no difference between, you know, you and me. Like, it, it, if you want to learn how to trick rope, there's physically no difference between you and I. And honestly, there's no difference between the person you are five minutes before you learn the trick to there's just that confidence and the knowledge and and putting yourself in the right position to obtain that knowledge and be able to go at it and you know have that passion towards it where you stay through to those last five minutes where as soon as you know that you know it man i can't tell you how many times things like that happen where as soon as you know it it's like oh my gosh that was so easy why did that take me two weeks to learn and it's like but it's that process of getting there and I, I love that process that that process of being frustrated and crying and like so irritated that you can't do something and then as soon as you obtain that knowledge it's really easy it's just that process of getting there and that's that's probably the best part yeah no 100 percent hundred percent. Ryder, I want you to know, and this is going to sound weird because I just said it in my head and it sounds weird, but I want you to know that I think about you every day and that did sound really weird coming out of my mouth too. That did sound weird. Do I need to leave the podcast if you want to talk alone? No, you're good. You're good. But, but I actually, you know, I, I, I just, I chuckle every day because, you know, here, here we're with my family operation with the kettle. We work on stuff like that. Like, I use my bullwhip every day when I'm working Aww. cattle, stuff like that. I use my whip every day. And, you know, I got, I shouldn't even tell the story because it's kind of embarrassing, but it is what it is. <laughs> and, and I got a mark right behind my right ear that shows how good my cracking skills are. But I, oh, no. I, I was working a set of cattle, bringing them off stocks. And I thought, you know what? He makes it look so easy when he cracks this thing like, a hundred times. It's like, how hard can this be? So, you know, I'm just sitting there and I'm sitting there trying to get a, a pretty good rhythm of the cracking going. And, and man, my arm was starting to get tired. I was like, man, I'm, do not give up. Do not give up. Well, then I came up all around and smacked myself in the head with the whip and, and, uh, got a little nice little cut behind my ear that bled pretty good. But, uh, but you know what? For five minutes there, I felt like I was the next Ryder Kisner. <laughs> <laughs> he makes everything look way too easy. He'll be doing a rope trick and he'll, I'll be like, show me that. And I'm like, this is so hard. Like he just makes everything look so easy. It makes, uh, it makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. <laughs> I'm yeah, honest me with too. you. <laughs> Honestly, did you, uh, I don't know if you saw it. I thought it was at the, the Prairie Circuit Finals last year. And uh, where I cracked myself in the eye. <laughs> cracking that stupid bottle cap off my head yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, I'll tell that you one what. hurt like, <laughs> I've been hitting the barrel where I've been knocked out I have you know whacked myself a million times with whips I've caught on fire a bunch and shoot the worst time was that Cheyenne Frontier days where I ripped my shirt off I had to take up the whips and finish it out like I've caught on fire in the arena <laughs> I've got everything I shall, bad I shall call him me. Fabio <laughs> yes and honestly, when I cracked myself in the eyes there, that was like the first time where I was ever like, yep, I'm done. I'm walking out of the arena right now. Like, he did it, though. He really did it. Hurt. He finished it. Uh, but if you watch the video, you can see a look in my face like, is he going to do it? It was the only moment where I thought, oh, do I need to go run some more tricks? Like, what needs to happen? Because I thought he might be done, too. But point is, keep it up because, like, it happens all the time. I, I I used to be a relatively good-looking guy until I started cracking whips. Like, you'll be fine. 
I get it. I get it 100%. But, y'all, I, I have enjoyed this so much. And uh, like I said, I loved 100% what you all said, what you could say to your younger self, uh, because, uh, you know, we, we just lost another uh, great rodeo person, Ross Hill, just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, Ross would always say, you know, anyone that has ever met Ross or knows Ross, man, that's just one of the happiest, go luckiest dudes in the world. And, I love Ross. He was awesome. And, and he, he would take his shirt off his back for you. And, and you know, it was kind of, you know, when, when Ross passed away and, you know, you go to social media and, and you just see the impact that Ross had on everyone because everyone's just posting stories and pictures and stuff like that about Ross. And, man, a video came back of Ross and, uh, and it was Ross talking about tax season, you know, and it's funny because now it's kind of, it's tax season now and everyone's going and paying tax and stuff like that. And, and we're talking about all these worries and stuff like that. And, and, you know, we build up all these worries that to be bigger than what they truly are. And, and yeah. man, Ross really a hundred percent, you know, was that kind of guy, you know, like you'd build up the worries, but Ross is like, man, what are you worrying about? Like, like go do it, go try to achieve it. And, uh, man, there's no obstacle too big. And, I, and like I said, I, you two definitely have shown that and what you all do. And, and that is why you guys are some of the best people in the PRCA. And, and that's why I'm very happy to call you all friends of mine. And, uh, and like I said, I appreciate you all coming on. And you know what? In honor of Ross, we're going to close this podcast out with a little, little Sweet Home Alabama. But from me, Ty Stewart, Ryder Kisner, Bethany Isles, that's going to do it for this episode of Beyond the Paint Podcast. I appreciate y'all greatly. Ryder, Bethany, we'll catch y'all later on down the road. Thanks Thank for having you. us on. Yeah, I appreciate it. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.